feels like Christmas, doesn't it? It does. It totally feels like Christmas. It's December 11th, 2020. And it's looking more and more like Christmas. See, there are a lot of good people around the world. Remember, people are innately good. They're not evil. They don't wake up and say, Ooh, let me see how I can cause harm to someone. They don't want that. Nobody does. I don't think there's a human being that's alive that says they well i guess we watch dexter right anybody who's watched dexter i guess maybe yeah but the majority this is starting to look really good even though a lot of people are frustrated it had to be this way it completely had to be this way i see that someone has their birthday today so happy birthday i must have missed it i see the chat blowing up guys it is going to be such an amazing Christmas period. There are really good people working really, really hard. Uh, I don't even know where to start today. Uh, so I'm completely unprepared and um, I'm pretty sure, well, I'm always unprepared because I'm just having a conversation with all of you. And we're talking about what's important news and what we need to know. Um, and that's it. Now, I heard that um, one of the um, whistleblowers, which is a little bit scary, was backing out of their car and they were kind of uh, locked in and um, they started shooting at their car. So they're getting really, really desperate. Um, and this is, this is a big, big uh, problem for many people. Uh, the fact that... Um, they would go to such an extent. I mean, you'd expect them to. They've done worse. So worse. How's worse? So there's a lot of you out there that talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. I'm seeing all the media has gotten their talking points to talk about that. And we're talking conservative media, right? They all talk about the same thing because there's more releases and let's talk about it. And obviously the president said, let's talk about it. And so I thought if the president says, let's talk about it, let's talk about it. Because having seen what's on it, aside from it making your stomach turn because the foot porn is no big deal, the crack whorehouses, not so much. I mean, it's just a really tortured soul. The kitty porn, like, you know? So you have to categorize it to pure evil, carnal, disgusting, inhumane, completely immoral behavior. And then we have what involves you in your country, aside from the evil and moral, because that affects all of us. Children should be all of our responsibility to ensure their safety. But... When you see just how much is on there, and the question is, the FBI had this for a long time, and I'm going to kind of marry this together with um, 
my conversations yesterday with certain people. The FBI was the one that had Hillary Clinton and the DNC server, yet they have not brought it to light. They had it. They had it. They hacked it. Okay. They have it. Just like they had Hunter Biden's laptop from 2018 and none of them did anything. It's a good thing that the owner had a copy of the whole thing, I guess. I'm just saying like the whole laptop guys, they had it and they sat on it. Crimes, disgusting crimes that would make you sick. So then you have to think all these FBI agents that had it, how could they turn a blind eye to that disgusting behavior, those disgusting things? Probably the way people I work with for so long didn't even give me a heads up on evil behavior under my own roof because I was too busy working and flying around and doing my thing. You know, they knew and nobody told. This is exactly the same thing. They had it. And they told no one. They didn't prosecute. Oh, so children don't matter, FBI? What? Excuse me? Where's your morals? No moral floor? Is there not a line that you're like, okay, we don't cross this line at least? Like, don't you have a line? For those in the FBI that have had that laptop, they should be held to the highest. Ooh, they should be prosecuted with the fullest. Ooh, because standing by idly when you have such, cr so many crimes in your hand, aside from the one, the crimes against our nation, the collusion, the selling out of our foreign policy interests, the fact that for the basic layman man that doesn't understand the intricacies of foreign policy, let's just say that people don't understand it because, you know, they think the people of the United States are stupid. So let's, let's circumvent that and let's focus on the basics. The crimes against children. Why don't we focus on that? Why is it that you did nothing. Oh, oh, well, we used kind of some of that information, maybe did some stuff over here and saved some kids, maybe did some stuff over there. No, 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 no. There are not two tiers of justice or three or four. Depends on your degree of, you know, royalty, I guess. There's no multi-tier justice system. It should be all equal. Speaking of multi-tiered justice system, did you guys see the, the lawsuit that Texas brought out? So it was 17 states. Did you notice who 18 was? And then did you notice who 19 was? That damn number 19. That damn number 19, Wayne Stengem. You, ooh, we need one more state to come on so it, so it breaks the hex. One more state, please. Please, let's get another state to hop on because that totally was, was wrong. That was, that was wrong. So... I wanted to address that evil and then express to you the frustration that the media is putting it out in more packaged and, uh, you know, not so uh, blunt ways to the people. There are so many crimes on that laptop. 
that range from anything you can imagine, anything. Like if it were you and you did one 1,024th, the same amount of American Indian that, you know, <laughs> the fake Ahantis is. <clears throat> if you did one 1,024th of what is on that computer, you would be locked up for almost life. Where's Hunter? Where's Hunter? It's insane. It's completely insane that they get away with with all of this. They get away with all of it. So the question one might ask is, okay, so where do we stop? When is it that people say no more? Let's fix this. This is not good. Um, this shouldn't be happening in America. When do we, when do we do that? When do we do that? So Newsmax had a very good um, discussion on the Hunter Biden media handling in October versus now. See, everybody wants to pretend that this doesn't exist, that this, you know, it's kind of like, let me tell you something. So yesterday I was having discussions with a friend um, after meeting and I said, you know what pisses me off? Think about it, guys. So I want you to step back on the moon and see every nation as a person. Just pretend every nation represents one face, whatever that is. You could pick presidents, prime ministers. Now, they can blatantly see that our elections <laughs> were not straight shooting. I mean, you could pick a guy that doesn't speak English in the mountains of, you know, uh, uh, that lives as a monk in the mountains somewhere in Tibet, right? That doesn't watch TV. And then you show him a video of people pulling suitcases out and feeding ballots. He'll tell you, wow, that looks like cheating. <laughs> Just saying. He'll tell you that. Anybody can see it. You, you, you have to be deaf, blind, mute, and completely out of tune with any senses to see that the election was stolen, right? So here's where the rest of the world is kind of whistling like da-da-da-da-da. We don't see anything. We're not going to comment on it. I am so pissed at all the other nations right now for not stepping in because it's like a group of people that live in one house and one person's room is being destroyed completely and everybody's just hanging out on the side like nothing's happening. It's like a dumpster fire and nobody wants to look at it and nobody wants to call it by its name. Nobody wants to point it out. Nothing. Nothing. They're pretending like it didn't happen. Tell you what, if it was me, I'd be like, I, you know what? You stood there idly, said nothing. In fact, you may have even applauded AP and promoted them as an official authority when you should be minding your own business and look at the dumpster fires in your own nation. Because now I'm not going to be funding the UN anymore and you guys can go take it and shove it. That is what I would say. Cut off everything. Do not give them a penny. Because sitting there, oh, you know, it's politics. It's all optics. We can't say something about, you know, because we have to be neutral. If Biden does become president, then, you know, we don't want to ruin those relationships. That's the way they work. And that's the problem. 
And so the fact that they're standing there idly means that they're not, they're not on our side. Yes. Welcome. Welcome, Gavin. Okay, everybody. Excuse me. Had to emergency brought. We have, we, we interrupt this program with a special emergency message. We have new information regarding potential infiltration and attack of the event that's happening tomorrow. Information's already been handed off to DC police and the FBI and other agencies that can help stop it. Um, Millie Weaver is going to be putting out a report later today that I need your audience to help push because we need the information to get out tonight in the same way we got the, the federal employees and the Maria Stefan and the Lisa Fithian information out it needs to go viral so that we give the enemy short time notice to realize their events been blown open and they're not going to be able to get away with it. So I just wanted to get that information to your audience. Yeah, no, that's, that's perfect. See emergency broadcast right there, guys. So Millie's going to be putting out that report right after, I guess I'm done. Is she working on it now? Later today. Yeah. yeah it's going to be before our eight o'clock, right? Absolutely. Okay. So it's going to be before eight. Well, 8 PM means that we have to go there. So, yeah. so it's going to be before six because <laughs> women need time to get ready. So, um, so six, so before six and I'll, um, I'll, uh, I'll host it on my Twitch too. Cause I'll be back here. Thank you, Gavin. Oh, so that's, that's interesting. So we have, um, infiltration, um, happening during the event. And I know that the people that are running the event have actually, uh, ensured, uh, high security, uh, for this. So, I'm pretty confident uh, that all of it is being mitigated um, to ensure the safety of the people. Um, so where was I? I was talking about the countries, right? How pissed I am that they're sitting there idly playing politics and saying, oh, well, if Biden wins, we want we to be able to have good relationships. Well, this is where it's like, stuff it, right? Stuff it. We're not going to have that anymore. We're not doing this anymore. So anyway, I just wanted to say I'm very angry. That was my thought last night, and it upset me that our allies, supposed allies, okay, our allies are our biggest enemies, okay? And you're going to say, wait a minute, but they're called allies. Yeah, I think it's like the, have you guys ever had that friend that smiles with their teeth? Not like, like it's a Colgate smile. It's not a, a genuine smile. One of those smiles that's not genuine, it's just all teeth, which means like I'm going to eat you teeth, right? That's the way our, um, our allies are. They're not really our friends. They hate us. They hate us because we represent freedom. They hate us because we represent a union that they wish they had. You know, our neighbors to the north in Canada, right? The politicians there loathe us. They're under the crown's control. They used to be French crown, French crown. So they're under the crown's control. The people there um, have been propelled into the social credit score system a lot faster than we have. I think I mentioned it once in a show where in uh, 2016, I went to Canada uh, to meet with some dear friends to have Easter because uh, there wasn't much of a big... Um, I, I, I didn't know actually 
uh, what was going on with um, Easter celebrations in the state of North Dakota. So I thought I'd drive up to Winnipeg. Tons of Greeks there, right? Because uh, Easter is a really big deal for me, um, you know, that period of time. And so I went up to Winnipeg and I remember I saw something called aeroplane miles. And you know how in the United States you have like a Albertons, Kroger, Safeway, whatever rewards thing. Um, and in Ohio, they have something called Giant Eagle where you can't even buy things if you don't have a rewards card, which is like, what? So anyway, so these rewards things are to track your information right? To see what you buy. And they're like, Hey, if you, you know, um, um, use the card, we'll give you discounts. So that is an incentive for you to use the card. So they know what you buy. And then they, they pander to you with that, with advertisements and stuff like that. But in Canada, they have only aeroplane miles. So everything is like aeroplane. So if you're at the supermarket or wherever you go, you use aeroplane miles. And it felt so creepy. I was like, damn, they have one system that compiles all the data of everything you shop, makeup, food, restaurants, the whole nine yards, and even flights and train tickets. I mean, stop me if I'm wrong, Canadian um, listeners. I mean, for me, and this is 2016, I was like, dang, they've got them plugged in to the aeroplane um, mile system. And that is what's nuts, you know, that it was like everything aeroplane. And I was just like, whoa, that was, that is how HSBC, which uh, by the way, let me say something about HSBC. I remember back in, um, 19, whoa, damn, I'm showing my age. It was before I left for the Navy, but I was working, before I went to boot camp, just saying, um, and I was underage. I was in China, and I remember seeing HSBC there. And then we left from there, and we went to uh, a, a country that was more west, but east of Turkey. And we went there, and I saw an HSBC bank there. And then after I joined the Navy, a year later, I went to a nation in Eastern Europe and I see an HSBC. Dude, they spread like the plague. Hong Kong, that was the plague. It came from China like a wave and it went out west. It was like, whoosh, and it took over England. It took over the United States a few years later. And then just like that, it disappeared. Just like that, it disappeared. Like, how many of you remember seeing tons of HSBC branches and they disappeared? And you know who was sitting on the board of HSBC? Take a wild guess. James Comey. That's what's up. And they got busted for money laundering for the cartels. Money laundering for the cartels. Ergo. Ergo. Hunter Biden laptop may indeed have stuff on the Hong Kong Bank of Shanghai, HSBC. Almost guarantee it. I can taste it. I know it for sure because of what I saw in Eastern Europe and Biden. 
Just saying. Just wanted to say that. Remember, James Comey was on the board of directors of HSBC, and HSBC is how um, Joe Biden did a lot, a lot of bad stuff in Europe. And he had spread like the plague. And this is when he was like senator before he became president and then used it when he was president. I'm telling you, you the, the rabbit hole is so huge. And you know what sucks? Comey, even though HSBC was caught laundering money for the cartels, um, Comey still got appointed as FBI director by Obama, even though when he was board of directors of HSBC, they were laundering money from the cartels. I mean, it's a hot mess. So anyway, let's go to this clip that I wanted to play uh, from Newsmax that tell you the differences between then October Hunter Biden laptop and now. And the thing that you should ask is why October 2020 and not 2018 when the FBI had it? That's a question you should ask yourself. So here we go with Sean Spicer. Spicer. I'm Sean Spicer. I'm with the key. Sean, you get me every time you say that. Every week you say it and they get me. Well, you got me again. Uh, well, Sean, do you remember this, how the media completely dismissed or even ignored the bombshell reports about Joe Biden's son and his questionable overseas dealings before the election? Do you remember that? Of course. Who could have missed it? Yeah. Well, the Democrats. Well, guess who changed their tune now? All the same media folks who didn't cover it before. That's exactly right. The federal investigators are looking into Hunter Biden's foreign ties. And now all of a sudden, their media is paying attention. We're going to talk a lot about that in just a little bit. But first, big news coming out today of the federal advisor. Uh, FDA worked with uh, Pfizer and they have approved uh, to recommend the CDC to approve this COVID-19 vaccine. This is huge news coming out of the FDA. Um, They'll likely authorize it on Sunday that we'll probably see that. Yeah. And some additional breaking news. Israel and Morocco have agreed to normalize relations. This is big, folks. This is the fourth Arab-Israeli agreement in four months. Uh, You know, he's solving Middle East peace. This is something that wasn't said to be able to be done. They've mocked Jared Kushner. We're now talking about four countries reestablishing ties with Israel, and there's a potential to see more going. So another big foreign policy went for the president that I'm sure he's not going to get credit for. Uh, but Lindsay, let's get back to this Hunter Biden story. I mean, it is unbelievable. And I know we're going to bring in our first guest in a moment and talk about this. But the idea that the media is sort of like, oh, our bad. Yeah, exactly. And they're saying, well, it wasn't big enough reporting then to pay attention to it. I'm just the sorry. Vice president's son. Yeah, just the vice president's son, just somebody being investigated. They said there wasn't enough reports of it. Uh, we're going to talk about that. There were enough reports. They just chose to ignore it. Uh, they were complicit in that completely. Yeah, well, let's bring in our first guest because I think he's going to have a lot to say with this. Uh, Judicial Watch president and author of a new book, A Republic Under Assault, Tom Fitton. Tom, welcome back to the show. Good evening. Thanks for having me. Tom, bear with me for a moment because this is like therapy for me, but I need to go through this for a moment. Uh, This was the headline in Politico before the election. It said Hunter Biden's story is Russian disinformation. Dozens of former Intel officials say nothing to see here. Don't look at it. Well, guess what their headline is now? Look at this. Justice Department interest in Hunter Biden's covered more than taxes. Oh, apparently that's, you know, that's a big deal. But also let's look at what NPR said. This is taxpayer-funded NPR. Why haven't you seen any stories from NPR about the NY Post Hunter Biden story? And they go on to explain why they're ignoring it. But now here's what our taxpayer-funded media outlet is saying. President-elect Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, says he was recently informed that he's under federal investigation. By the way, this is the New York Post headline 
on October 15th that they were showing that NPR is referring to. Remember this one? Censored. This was the post not only were other media outlets not picking it up, but Facebook and Twitter both blocked it. It's unbelievable. And one more for you. Please bear with me because I couldn't help myself. This was CNN. This is the esteemed Wolf Blitzer talking to Adam Schiff from California, who is the chairman of the Intel Committee. Take a listen. Take a look at this picture of the president in the old Oval Office holding up a copy of the New York Post touting this conspiracy theory. Uh, it's made its way all the way to the commander in chief uh, with a big smile on his face. Yes. Uh, well, look, uh, I, I, you know, I think we know who the driving force behind this smear has been all along, and it's been uh, the president and the Kremlin. Uh, the Kremlin has an obvious interest uh, in denigrating Joe Biden. They want Donald Trump to win. Speaking of wanting people to win, in retrospect, it's pretty obvious the media had their thumb on the scale for Joe Biden. Oh, that, that's that's a real charitable way of putting it. It's, all this right, a foot, a, a foot. <laughs> This was a corrupt suppression of a news story to help a favored political candidate. And uh, it's not just a Hunter Biden scandal and a Joe Biden scandal. And I guess a James Biden scandal was pre uh, uh, Vice President Biden's brother. Uh, it's an FBI scandal, a Justice Department scandal, because they covered this up prior to the election. It's a congressional scandal. Remember, Adam Schiff tried to remove President Trump from office for asking questions about Biden corruption. That were well founded, and now, uh, now the media—we're supposed—we're supposed to believe the media's analysis of this scandal. I tell you what, uh, the American people have been uh, ill-served by the media that purports to represent them. You can't trust the media to tell you the truth about anything. For instance, I don't even know if we know the full truth about what's going on. We're relying on Hunter Biden's uh, statement. I don't know. Maybe he's been indicted already. I don't know. But you know, until the Justice Department and the FBI are held accountable, and until the media starts doing serious investigative journalism, uh, there's not much we can trust, and we're in a we're in a rule of law crisis as a result. You know, Joe Biden in one of those debates said that my son Hunter has nothing to do with China, nothing. Which now clearly that's not the case, and the media is acting as if they had no idea that this was happening. But unfortunately, that's not the case. National Review wrote this story. Check this out. October 29th, before the election, FBI investigating Hunter Biden for money laundering. It was out there. They chose not to run with this. But when it came to the Russian dossier, Tom, and I was there getting the phone calls saying, hey, we've got this unverified dossier. What, what's your comment on it? They had no problem running with that. But when these Hunter Biden stories come out, they ignored them because they didn't want to believe them. They didn't want their guy to lose. Um... I'm just going to leave it right there. I really need someone sent me a really nice um, picture of nails being painted. I need to upload that into my B-roll thing. And, it, you know, if Hunter Biden weren't the son of Joe Biden, we probably wouldn't have much interest in it. Uh, but on top of that, we have evidence that Hunter Biden's dealings benefited his father. So we've got this evidence out there, which the media still is covering up. They're pretending it's a tax issue about Hunter Biden. No, in the, if they're doing their job, the Justice Department and the FBI, they're investigating Joe Biden. They can't separate the two. We've got the eyewitness testimony of Joe Biden's involvement. We have the documents, the emails from Hunter's laptop and other emails separately from at least two other parties that confirm Joe Biden was involved in these issues. 
this is a RICO case and it involves potentially the incoming president of the United States, assuming he's installed. Damn, that's what's up. Rico Suave. That is exactly it. So, Tom, let me ask you a question. Um, Joe Biden has been a public servant. He's been in public office since he was 29 years old. I think he was actually on the, one of the Delaware councils before that. But let's call it just 29 straight up. Since that time, for 47 years, he's been on the public dole, right, until uh, Trump won in 2016, okay? And he's done pretty well financially for himself. His son, Hunter, who has done pretty well for himself, despite no qualifications for any of the job that he's had. His brothers, as you've mentioned, have done pretty well trading off of his name. And yet, I, I dare say, I never heard anything about the brothers or any of the wealth accumulation that occurred by any of these folks during during the election. Like, they keep talking about people getting vetted. They didn't, I, I don't believe that anyone, look, did, did Judicial Watch, does, it, does Judicial Watch look at this stuff? Yeah, I mean, six months ago, we got documents from uh, the Secret Service showing that Hunter Biden had been to China five times, ignored by the media. What was what was he doing in China five times while his father was vice president? What was he doing? Well, you know, the funny thing is, Chuck Grassley, I want to play you what he had to say because it was interesting. I, I think he kind of took it personally. Let's Wait, stop, Sean. I can't see... Sean Spicer anymore with anything else but that yellow loud wasn't it yellow with the bib from Dancing with the Stars I can't I can't unsee that um, was it a cha cha that he did that's it from now on anytime someone says Sean Spicer I remember that I remember the bib shirt that had the ruffles in the front you know the one I'm talking about now here's where I'm you know this is where we break out the nail polish and we're like, all right, yeah, whatever. Because th they knew two years ago, not October, not before the elections, popping that four days before the elections. Can you see the Borat move? You will never get this. They're doing it on purpose. And I'll tell you why. It's, some, it's called demoralization. They know that the right is armed. They know that we have militias. They know that we're ready. Well, we believe in the right to bear arms because the right to bear arms was written in as a right not to ward off losers, thugs, and bad people. It was to ward off a government that was taking too much power and trying to make us slaves. So the people have no problem whatsoever going out full-blown war. But the one thing about people that you need to understand is that if they're demoralized, right, if they feel they can't fight, if they feel that, you know, no matter what they do, they lose, they won't go out and fight. They'll say there's no point in going out there because I'm going to die anywhere. And this is where self-preservation comes in. So this shen these shenanigans of them blatantly Stealing our votes, blatantly hiding information that normally would lock you up in Tartarus, right? You would be in the belly of a basement chained for the crimes that committed. And they're just like, yeah, so we're just going to pretend it's not there. Demoralizes you subconsciously. They're smart. They are very smart because out of the 20 people in your militia for say, you know, eight of them 
will not turn up because they will feel like they are too overpowered. You have to understand why they're so brazen and so in your face uh, where it, you know, pisses you off and you're just like, what the, come on, like anybody, anybody, a kid, okay, a kid watching that Georgia video from, you know, Uzbekistan who has a village television to watch something on. Watching that video would say, damn, looks like the elections were rigged. You know, everybody knows. Everybody knows. And what does that tell you subconsciously in your mind? It's screwing with you. It's like a Jedi mind trick to tell you no matter what you do, no matter how evident it is, it's like magic, right? You have, you know, you, we have all the power over you. It's about that moment, like in the labyrinth thing where the chick comes out and says, you have no power over me. And then everything just crystallizes and she falls through the warp. This is, this is exactly what's going on. They are demoralizing you. They are pushing and trying to subconsciously tell you Look, your president hasn't done diddly squat for four years. The Republicans haven't called anyone to the table because they don't care. Actually, if you ask me who's running the show, I'll tell you it's the damn Republicans. And they are demoralizing you every single day. They're pushing this narrative. They're pushing it. And it's your job to see past it and understand what their objective is. This is like super Yoda stuff. You know, they're like going into your brain and making you feel like you have no way out. No way out. Look at us. We're stealing everything. We're ignoring facts. We're, we're, we're telling the world that the authority for our government and how it runs is the media. Listen only to the media. If you lift your head, we will ban you. If you speak against us, we will destroy you. If you do anything, we will sue you to kingdom come, throw you in jail, kill you and your children. So it's better that you just submit. And this is exactly what's going on. And Sean Spicer with his bib is kind of helping in on that one. Take a listen. For over a year, Senator Johnson and I investigated the Biden financial family dealings. We showed our work and we made our findings very public. But the liberal media and members of the other political party chose to dismiss our work. Those same liberal outlets that disparaged our investigation now report that Hunter Biden's financial deals in China raise counterintelligence concerns. Tom, I don't have a lot of time left, but just real quick. I mean, what does it say? It used to be that congressional hearings would happen and people would report on them. Now it's sort of like, well, that's not true. I mean, you had a Senate report, as Chuck Grassley uh, intimated, that had strong evidence of criminal activity by the Biden family involving China, uh, Moscow, and Ukraine. And it received zero coverage. And to the degree there was any coverage of this, it was American reporters suggesting if you ask questions about Biden corruption, you are a traitor. Right. You were a traitor because you were working with the Russians. They were just re reusing the Russian smear to protect 
what looks to be a thoroughly corrupted politician, yeah, it, namely it, Joe Biden. It almost looks like they used the cover of Russia to allow China to influence them. But I, I'd love to make sure when, when you guys, I know you're going to keep digging into this. I'd love to make sure you come back and give us a heads up because this isn't going anywhere. So thank you again for joining us, Tom. You're welcome, Sean. We've got a half a dozen lawsuits on the issue. Some more will be coming, whether or not the DOJ or FBI do anything. I love it. All right. Keep us informed. Tom's hair looks you really good. You just watched Newsmax. Tom's hair looks really good. Anybody think that too? I think he looks, his hair looks really good. And he looks really exhausted. I think that that is the undertone for almost everyone. Um, the undertone for everyone is that they're tired. Um, it feels like everything's a blur. The days are a blur. Uh, you know, nothing is, you know, going in the way it should. And we have so much coming out after the election and all these corrupt people uh, from, uh, you know, uh, the Chinese connection, you know, COVID-19, right? And then 19 states. Come on, we need another one to get in. Um, we need another one to jump in. We don't want that number. But there is so much criminal activity uh, of, uh, you know, sen at sen then Senator and then Vice President Biden, and no one is talking about it. And that demoralizes the people beyond repair in most cases because they're like, what's the point? What's the point of us fighting and talking about it? What's the point of us discussing this? What's the point of us showing all of this? What's the point of having a website with all this information on it? All the corruption, all the evil doings, all the, the, the pornography, the kitty issues, the disgusting things, the money laundering, the selling of our nation, the use of our federal tax dollars to benefit themselves. What is the point? If they get away with it, what is the point is the question. And that is what every American is asking. What's the point? Why should I fight? It feels like, you know, I'm, I'm going up against Goliath. Well, that's exactly what's up. And, uh, you know, that's okay. Because if you read the story of David and Goliath, who won in the end? Term. It's political slang for a damaging news story that appears in the final days of a campaign. This year we had one, one of the biggest October surprises ever. The New York Post, that's the oldest daily newspaper in this country, published a trove of documents showing that members of Joe Biden's family have been selling access to the former vice president to a number of foreign governments, including the communist government of China. Now that's a blockbuster. But the rest of the media decided to kill it before you could read it. Social media companies banned their users from sharing the New York Post's reporting. Other news organizations simply ignored it. On October 22nd, that was 11 days before the presidential election, National Public Radio, or an organization that is literally state media, funded against your will by your tax dollars, issued the following statement through its public editor. And like I said, we should not be funding NPR. We shouldn't be funding Voice of America. They have been used against us relentlessly. We're actually paying them to screw us. Just pointing that out, okay? NPR explained that they would not say anything negative about the Bidens, and here's why. Quote, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories, and we don't want to waste the listeners and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. End quote. Now, you're probably thinking, that is the single dumbest, most dishonest, high-handed, infuriatingly arrogant thing I have ever heard. 
But if you feel that way, obviously, you don't watch CNN. On that same day, October 22nd, an RNC spokeswoman called Liz Harrington made the mistake of submitting to an interview with Christiane Amanpour. Harrington had hoped to talk about the Biden's business deals. Amanpour is, and we're quoting here, CNN's chief international anchor. Here's how it went. As you know perfectly well, I'm a journalist and a reporter, and I follow the facts. And there has never been any issues in terms of corruption. Now, let me ask you this. Yesterday, the FBI... Wait, 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 wait. How do you know that? I'm talking about reporting and any evidence. I'm talking to you now... Okay, I would love if you guys would start doing that digging and start doing that verification. No, we're not going to do your work for you. I want to ask you a question. The FBI, it's a journalist's contrary, job. It's a journalist's job to, to, president... to find out if this is verified. As you know perfectly well, I'm a journalist and a reporter, says Christiane Amanpour, who, of course, is neither of those things and never has been. Christiane Amanpour is a celebrity script reader, a half-wit, whose self-esteem far outpaces her accomplishments. She is also, it turns out, the personal flack for the Biden Family International Finance Corporation. That's not in her Twitter bio, but it's pretty obvious. There have never been any issues of corruption with the Bidens, Amanpour announced, as if she hadn't just been confronted with some. And so it went, just like that, across the entire American news media until the presidential election. Now, six weeks later, it is finally safe to speak freely, and so the truth is coming out. We now know the New York Post was right all along, and so was poor Liz Harrington of the RNC. Yesterday, millions of Americans learned, some for the very first time, that the Biden family has indeed been deeply enmeshed in a series of sleazy international business deals that undercut America's core interests. We learned there's an active federal criminal investigation into Joe Biden's son, Hunter, for that very reason. What's interesting is how we found this out. The media didn't tell us, neither did the Justice Department. Hunter Biden has far better connections than, say, Roger Stone. Hunter Biden was allowed to tell his own story. He wasn't rousted from bed at 5 a.m. by dozens of armed paramilitaries. His arrest and his boxer shorts carried live on CNN. No, no, no. He's a prominent Democrat. So he spared those humiliations. Instead, the Biden-Harris transition team broke the news in the form of a bizarre press release that informed us with a straight face that Joe Biden was, quote, deeply proud of his boy Hunter, who, by the way, may have had some minor tax trouble that he will clear up soon the minute his accountant returns from Cabo. But no big deal. Happy holidays. Okay, guys, thanks for the heads up. But actually, and you may have guessed this part, turns out there's more. A report in Politico today reveals that Joe Biden's younger brother, Jimmy, is involved too. This was a family business, keep in mind. Jimmy Biden is also under federal criminal investigation for corruption in the hospital business. We don't know more than that, and we should stress that fast Jimmy Biden is presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law by a jury of his peers. Jimmy is not a felon yet. We will keep you updated. For the few who are able to follow the details of the Biden's business deals back in October, who actually read the New York Post series or watched the show, none of this comes as a complete surprise. At the time, we talked to Tony Bobulinski about what he saw. Bobulinski was a business partner of the Bidens as they tried to wheel money from companies connected to communist China. Tony Bobulinski, by contrast, was a legitimate international businessman. And at some point, he began to wonder what the hell is going on. In our interview, Bob Lindsay described one of his meetings with Fast Jimmy Biden. 
Bobulinski wanted to know why the Biden family was so brazen, so open about peddling Joe's influence to oligarchs and enemies of the United States. Wasn't that a risk? Here's how Jimmy Biden responded. And I remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of he looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. He said that out loud? Uh, yes, he said it directly to me, one-on-one -on -one in a cabana at the Peninsula Hotel. Plausible deniability. When your business partner tells you that your business strategy rests on plausible deniability, that's not reassuring. And it certainly wasn't reassuring to Tony Bobulinski. Why would it be? The independent media wouldn't be fooled by plausible deniability either. They'd demand answers. What exactly were you doing? Let's see the documents. But they didn't. When the New York Post published the outlines of this story, the media raced to find its own plausible deniability. Some reason, any reason, not to report the story. Any reporter who broke rank and decided to state the facts was quickly disciplined and brought to heel. Because Jake Sherman, for example, apologized in public for the crime of discussing the New York Post story after Twitter suspended him for posting it, for posting facts. Quote, I tweeted a link to the New York Post story right after it dropped yesterday morning. I immediately reached out to the Biden campaign to see if they had any answer. I wish I had given the story a closer read before I tweeted it. In other words, bless me, CNN, for I have sinned. Over at CBS News, a kid called Bo Erickson didn't get the memo on the boundaries of this new journalism. So he tried to get Joe Biden himself to respond to the story. And here's how it went. I know you'd ask it. I have no response. It's another smear campaign. It's right up your alley. They're the questions you always ask. Yeah, you're a smear merchant, says Joe Biden to a guy he's never seen before and doesn't recognize. Everyone looks the same to Joe Biden. It's all kind of a blur. But he attacked Bo Erickson of CBS News as a liar and a propagandist. And what's so interesting is that none of Bo Erickson's colleagues in the news media came to his defense. In fact, several former flacks for Barack Obama mocked him on social media. And again, his colleagues stayed silent. Now we're being told to pretend that none of this ever happened. It's all down the memory hole. In an article published today in the Daily Beast, probably the single worst example of bad journalism on the internet, we learned that, quote, evidence of the larger Hunter Biden probe was apparent in the markings on a series of documents that were made public, but went largely unnoticed in the days leading up to the November election. Largely unnoticed. Oh, of course. Middle of a presidential campaign, front page story about one of the candidates doing business with our main global enemy, but somehow nobody noticed. Just weird, unaccountable. How'd that happen? One group who did notice were the professional liars in our so-called intel community, the ones who work hand in glove with the so-called journalists in our media. Shortly after the New York Post story ran, a number of these people, all-star propagandists like Jim Clapper and John Brennan, people who've lied in public under oath and never been punished for it. They denounced the New York Post series as Soviet-style disinformation. The stories, they said, had, quote, all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. They didn't explain what that meant, but they didn't need to. The media class ate it up. Like the seals they are, they clapped and barked in unison. Russia! 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 
he is receiving and is now regurgitating, repeating and disseminating disinformation that he knows to be fabricated and supplied by a foreign intelligence service. And despite the warning, he's still doing it. You have said this entire thing is so obviously a Russian plot. It is to me, and I was never even an ambassador to the Russian <laughs> Federation. Tell me why it's so obviously a Russian plot to you. Rudy basically functioning as a Russian asset by pushing Russian disinformation. CNN reported on Friday that U.S. authorities are seeing if those emails we just talked about are connected to an ongoing Russian disinformation effort. Huh. Yeah, it's just obviously a Russian plot. Obviously. Obviously, none of these people should ever appear on television again, though doubtless they will. Some are saying tonight we need to go farther to find out what actually happened. There are calls tonight for a new special prosecutor to investigate what we have learned so far about the Biden family's business dealings abroad. Now, let's be honest. As much as we are anxious to find out the truth, and we think it's important to, a special prosecutor is something that no one in this country should be eager to see, no matter what side you're on. We've seen over the past four years what a special prosecutor can do to the normal functioning of a government. Open-ended investigations of politicians are hallmarks of corrupt regimes and dictatorships. And most Americans are skeptical of those kinds of probes, and rightly so. But unless our media start doing its job and telling us what our politicians are up to, the Justice Department and Bill Barr may have no choice. And if they do move forward with a special prosecutor, they will have one unlikely supporter, Joe Biden himself. Last year, Joe Biden went on the record confirming that he would not interfere with any Justice Department investigation. Look, I would not direct my Justice Department like this president does. I'd let them make their independent judgment. I would not dictate who should be prosecuted or who should be exonerated. That's not the role of the president of the United States. Follow the law. Let the Justice Department make the judgment as to whether or not someone should be prosecuted, period. Damn, what does he know about the Justice Department that we don't know? What does he know about the Justice Department that we don't know? That's a question you should ask yourself. What does he know about the Justice Department that we don't know? I will give you a little hint. I guarantee you that the majority of the people in the Justice Department are also somewhere on this Hunter Biden laptop, just as they were on the Wiener laptop, just as they were on the DNC server I had. All of them are involved. All of them are involved. All of them are involved. See, this is where they tell you exactly where you need to look if we're paying attention. We need to be paying attention to what they're telling. Oh, we need to rely on this. Oh, so you mean that's where the corruption is. You see, this is how you can follow the trail. They tell you, they, they tell you exactly what they are doing if you're listening. And every single person tells you exactly who they are if you're listening. But we've lost that art of listening. <laughs> we don't listen anymore. We don't pay attention anymore. We're so short on time that we don't listen. Because if you listen carefully, they tell you who they are and they tell you what they're doing and their motives, psh, super blatant. So we're going to take a short intermission right now, refill our coffee cups. And remember, as you hear this song, kind of flagship for 2020 for me uh, is, you know, 
I never meant to set the world on fire. We should say that. We never meant to set the world on fire. The whole point was to set a fire in your heart because it was necessary. If your heart's not burning red, if it's not burning and bleeding red, white, and blue, this is it. If you kneel right now where they have taken away your freedom because your vote is your freedom, there is no going back. There is no going back. This is that changing point. This is where you decide. So if your heart's not on fire, you do nothing. I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your in my heart, I have but one desire, and that one is you. No other will do. I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim. I just want to be the one you love. And with your admission, you'd feel the same. I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of. Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your heart. I've lost all ambition for worldly acclaim. I just want to be the one you love. And with your admission, you'd feel the same. I'll have reached the goal I'm dreaming of. Believe me, I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to start a flame in your All right. So I'm back. So that is how we should always feel. We should feel that we should be putting flames in our hearts uh, about matters that matter to us, matters that are important to us, matters that we need uh, to be taken care of. Uh, and first and foremost, our nation is a matter that should be close to our heart because if it fails, then we all fail. Now, as you see, this Hunter Biden laptop, this Hunter Biden information um, has not been, uh, I would say, put out correctly. And Newsmax uh, put a report together. Uh, when when did they do It was yesterday, actually, talking about how they had sounded the alarm on Hunter Biden a while back. This is their told you so. And they have every right to say I told you so because they did tell you so. But in essence, think about it, you guys. In essence, did it really matter? 
Does it really matter that the Hunter Biden laptop was received by the FBI in 2018 and they didn't tell you? And does it matter telling us now? Does it matter telling us now? Telling us now at this point, because a lot of you might think, well, the president could have said something earlier. Well, he's not supposed to be involved in those things. He's the president. He's supposed to be representing the whole nation. So he relies on every single member of his cabinet to be doing their job. He relies on the people you don't elect, but that are appointed to do their job. And that's the problem. We have people in offices that we can't remove. I can't remove the Secretary of Commerce. I can't remove the the Secretary of Education. I can't remove the AG. I can't remove the IGs. I can't remove the, you know, the head of the NSA. I can't remove any of these people. The only person I could remove is my president. And the only person that I can remove is my senator. The only person I can remove is my congressperson. So you have to understand that the people that are running this nation, the people that are responsible for the actual things to be done that need to be done are people that we don't elect and we don't have power over. And that's what sucks. Now, in that sense, the president of the United States has every right to remove them. Right. Someone will say, well, that's why we have the president. He can remove them. Now, tell me when he has fired some idiot and the media, which supposedly is now the authority of all of America, uh, and they just self-proclaim themselves. So whatever uh, they start giving him hate and they start telling the world just how bad, you know, our president is for firing someone for not doing their job. So. You know, this is a, a huge concern. Now, I can tell you, having been here um, in D.C., uh, trying to just give my information and go, I don't want to stay here. I I don't want to be in the president's basement. I mean, yeah, he could stick me in there for 72 hours and I'd fix some things, but I don't want to work in D.C. I'm happy talking to all of you because we've got a lot of work to do uh, in the next four years. We need to fix our states. We need to get that going. We need to fix our state legislatures, our governors, our secretary of states, our you know school board people, every single state. Because remember, the beauty of America is that there are so many states and we unify. And if your state is sour, well, guess what? The whole unified nation has a sour spot. And we see that we have a lot of sour spots like California and New York and Oregon and ugh, Illinois. Don't get me started on that one. Um, but I've noticed that it's all about, you know, a peeing contest. Who can pee on the tree more? Uh, who's in charge? Who gets the title in Tierra? It's so sickening. Uh, and when it should be all of us, it should be you that's listening right now pushing this. It should be you, your friend and your neighbor, because that's who is behind all of these great patriots that are working really hard to fix things. I, I want you guys to understand that. Uh, you know, obviously <laughs> there's not a lot of people that, that, um, you know, the going theme is okay. And I'm going to say this is that there are a lot of people that are in politics 
that are in elected positions or in appointed positions, and even those that think that they are doing good, that have the mentality that the people don't know what's good for them. And I find that completely wrong. I mean, I always had. The, every single person knows what's good for them, right? And collectively, American citizens know exactly what's good for their nation because it's good for them. So when people have that sense that um, our citizens are too stupid to know what's good for them, this is how we come to the situations that we're at. This is how we have this fourth unelected branch of government. This government that is run by people you can't remove. People that are so deeply embedded that you just have to gut it all. And I'll circle back to two years ago. Just gut it down to the janitor. And that is how we fix things. We cut the cord completely. And no longer shall they be in control. Also had some dealings with Hunter Biden. So we, we've had that as a bombshell investigation revealing Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Um, acknowledged that his tax affairs have been under investigation by U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware since 2018. Some of that presumably having to do with money you may have gotten from China. Why is this just being made public now? Joining us now to discuss is Aaron Perini, Director of Press Communications, Trump 2020. So Aaron, what's your take on what's going on there? Well, what we're seeing was big tech and the left-wing mainstream media team up together to try and hide a story about Hunter Biden. There was information about investigations into Hunter Biden before the election, and the mainstream media called that Russian disinformation. Big tech tried to silence it, and now that we're after the election, they are coming out and talking about it. It's unbelievable how biased and how extreme it is and how obvious it is that the media is against Donald Trump. Where's Hunter? We asked that question for months. He's under federal investigation. Yeah, and Aaron, how do you think, or in what way do you think the mainstream media should be held responsible for where we are now in terms of following the election and that they suppress this information prior to it? The media needs to come forward and be honest and do something they have been woefully neglecting as time and again, they have gotten stories wrong, not only about President Trump, but about covering Biden and his family. They need to do a retraction. They need to come out and admit that they were wrong wrong, admit that they were biased and admit that those issues led to falsehoods being fed to the American people. If journalists want to have any integrity whatsoever in this country, they need to start being honest with the American people about where they lied to them. So what do you think should come next? Well, next, uh, you know, that remains to be seen. I've heard a couple of senators come forward and talk about that there should be a special counsel and an investigation into this. Looking at what happened, absolutely big tech needs to be looked at in this as well. We need to make sure that they cannot try and suppress votes, that they cannot try and suppress news, and that they can try and not suppress facts here. So there are two trajectories, the ongoing investigation into Hunter Biden and the mainstream media and big tech 
suppressing that story. All of it needs to be looked into. Yeah, and we know back in September of 2019, uh, there was this report that was put together by Republican senators. They released it. They said in this report, they found that Hunter and his family were involved in a, and this is quote, vast financial network that connected to foreign nationals and foreign governments across the globe. So we're not just talking about China. We're also talking about Kazakhstan. We're talking about Ukraine back in the headlines again. Well, absolutely. You're right, Heather. We are talking about multiple nations now that we have to worry will have undue influence, could have had undue influence. There may be undue influence into the Biden family. And what happened? The media lied about it to the American people. It's unbelievable the total disservice they have done to our country in covering what has happened. We sounded the alarm on this on the campaign for months about talking about what happened to Hunter Biden and what was going on. And it is so important that the media start to get this right. All right, Aaron Perini, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. You just watched Newsmax TV, America's fastest growing so, cable news I'm channel so, now in more than 70 million homes. You can get Newsmax TV on your cable system. Sorry, guys, I'm shamelessly advertising them only because I like their reporting. So I'm advising you of where you can find them and listen to them. Uh, shameless, shameless plug for them, I guess. Um, so what does that tell you? It tells you that the information was there. I'll circle back to what I told you about Operation Gridlock. Do you remember how I told you there's a lot of people that are like, follow me back, you know, on Twitter and those trains and stuff? That was actually an operation, Operation Gridlock. What does that do? That clogs your feed on Twitter so you can't see the information you need. Uh, that's basically what the operation was. It was to ensure that you can't see the important information. Um, that, that is how it works. Greg Kelly is great. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm looking at some of these messages. Um, Emerald is great. Uh, Chanel is great on OAN. I mean, they're all great. They're all great. Um, it's not bad. And let's be honest. I mean, that's the easiest on tap media we have, uh, because those people that are giving truth that are giving news, are pretty much on the fringe and they're not allowed to be donned on TV because they're not under someone's control and purview where they can be told what they are allowed to say and what they are not allowed to say. Now, um, another thing, another story that we're seeing arise is that of uh, Chinese spies and Swallowell or Fartwell, however you want to call him, uh, and his money and where it's going and how he has it, and how his links are with the Chinese. But we've talked about China a lot. Um, but another thing before we move to that that I wanted to bring up was, you know how I was talking, I wanted to play this clip then uh, right before the break where I was telling you how they tell you who they are. And Joe Biden told you to wait for the Justice Department. Well, believe it or not, Fox News actually has a segment that they, short, very short segment they did, putting out how A.G. Barr knew about the Hunter Biden probe way before the election, which means they knew that the Justice Department wasn't going to do anything, which means Biden knows something everybody else doesn't. And the question is, what is it that he knows? Or better yet, what is it that he thinks he knows? That's the question.
Approach the top of a brand new hour. The feds reportedly widening their criminal investigation into the Biden family to include the president-elect's younger brother and his role in a now bankrupt healthcare company. Welcome to a brand new hour of America's Newsroom on this Friday morning. I'm Sandra Smith. Hi, Trace. Sandra, good morning again. Good morning, everyone. I'm Trace Gallagher. There is also a report from the Wall Street Journal that Attorney General Bill Barr knew about the investigations into Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings well before the election, but kept them from public view. Reaction from Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn. Well, this is one that they all got wrong, Shannon. They knew. And, you know, Joe Biden's campaign team had to know he had been under federal investigation by the FBI, by DOJ, for it was a criminal investigation. Let's get to our chief congressional correspondent, Mike Emanuel. He's live for us in D.C. Mike Can I just say something? Okay, I, this is totally out of con. No, it's not really. But have you noticed these stupid titles? These media conglomerates have chief, uh, this correspondent, chief analyst, sup superior, you know, what is it? <laughs> they give themselves titles. I'm sorry. I needed to point out that kind of fuckery because you need to be paying attention. They give themselves these titles that whatever. Hi, good morning to you. The controversy for the Bidens just seems to be growing and growing. Trace, good morning. There are various investigations looking into Hunter Biden's business and financial dealings. A powerful Republican Senate committee chair who was already investigating the Biden's business activities is expressing this concern. These are the people that Hunter Biden and the Bidens had foreign financial entanglements with. What else, what other connection do they have into China? You know, we may only just have uh, really been looking at the tip of the iceberg. This comes as the Wall Street Journal reports Attorney General Bill Barr knew about the numerous investigations looking into Hunter Biden's business and financial dealings since at least this spring and worked to keep the probes out of public view during the election. A spokeswoman for the Attorney General declined to comment this morning. Barr has been under intense pressure from the top. His We've got to get the Attorney General to act. He's got to act. And he's got to act fast. He's got to appoint somebody. This is major corruption. And this has to be known about before the election. This has to be done. Stop. He said he has to act fast. He's got to appoint someone. It's October 20th, right? When he said that? Well, October 19th, he did assign Durham. I mean, which one, though? Early. So the attorney general has to act. There's also the president-elect's brother, Jim. Both Jim and Hunter have been accused of trading on their family name to land lucrative overseas business deals. Is it also the island, the submarine island, that James Biden and Joe Biden have flanking Epstein's island? I'm just asking for a friend. Former business partner Tony Bobolinsky told Tucker Carlson members of the Biden family dismissed concerns in 2017 their overseas work might damage Joe Biden's political future. Remember looking at Jim Biden and saying, how are you guys getting away with this? Like, aren't you concerned? And he sort of he looked at me and he laughed a little bit and said, uh, plausible deniability. He said that out loud? Uh, yes, he said it directly to me. Fox has reported at least some of the Hunter Biden investigation dates back to 2018. Trace? Mike Emanuel, live for us in D.C. Mike, thank you. So, obviously... As you can see from that segment, 
That was Fox ringing the alarm bell. So Faux News was ringing the alarm bell that, hey, it may seem like President Trump doesn't know, but look, he knew because on the 20th, he was like, A.G. Barr better get on it. He better appoint someone. It just so happened that he appointed someone the day before. Why am I pointing this out to you? Listen to your president. Look at that relationship. October 19th, Barr appoints a special counsel. October 20th, the president's like, he has to appoint someone. He has to get this done. Get what I'm saying? They caught it. They caught why we need to be listening to our president because he tells us everything you need to know. So if you pay attention and you listen to people, they tell you exactly who they are and they tell you exactly what they're doing. You see what I'm saying? So they got that. Now, we're going to shift a bit our gears and we're going to be talking about some other stuff and some fun facts that a lot of people don't, I don't, I haven't seen it anywhere on U.S. media. But did you know that France announced, well, you know what? Let's leave that for the end, the fun part. So that way you guys can sit there and be like, what? So uh, let's shift gears first by showing how CNN will harass pastors and question them if they believe that uh, this uh, pandemic is a, is a scamdemic and what they believe is to happen and how it happens, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And none other than the man who tweeted out, you knew I was a snake when you took me in, Jake Tapper. So I want you guys to listen to this report. I want you, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't stand to listen to him. I can't stand to see this. Listen, you have to. You will not know thy enemy and be able to identify them if you don't pay attention to what they tell you. Now, we already know that they're finished. We already know that they're in hot water. We already know they're toast. So it shouldn't bother you to listen to them because, again, everybody tells you who they are and everybody tells you what they're doing and what their intentions are. Wearing a mask into a political issue, but now as the United States nears the first coronavirus vaccinations, the question, will that resistance to wearing masks among Trump's, Trump supporters translate to a reluctance to be vaccinated. CNN's Ellie Ree visited a largely conservative county in Tennessee for this story. News of imminent vaccines comes just as COVID-19 surges through rural parts of the country, and the political debate is as heated as ever. And I don't wear a mask when I go in either. We wanted to know if the same resistance to masks would happen to the vaccine. So we reached out to Greg Locke, pastor and conservative Wilson County, Tennessee, who says he has grown his congregation by protesting COVID control measures. We are not going to close our church, ladies and gentlemen, because of COVID. There's a lot of sincere people that are doing their best to put out a vaccine, but that doesn't mean I'm going to take it. I don't believe the government can tell me, you know, when or how I can stick a needle in my arm or my kids' arms. Super government overreach. Locke says he's moved his services outdoors not to limit the spread of COVID, but to handle all the new people who've come. Faith over fear. I ain't worried about some fake pandemic. Uh, I'm saying the sickness is real. I'm saying the pandemic is not. I don't understand what you mean when the, you say pandemic's not real. It, pandemic is not real. But That's what do you think a pandemic is? Not, not COVID-19. But what it is do no you pandemic. think a pandemic is? It's, it's well, ridiculous. then why can't you answer it? I, I did. There's no pandemic. 
COVID-19 is not a pandemic. But what is a pandemic then? Not what we're experiencing. I'm 44 years old. We've not had one in my lifetime, so I don't know. And this is not it. To be clear, a pandemic is a disease that spreads across many countries and affects many people. The World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a pandemic in March. And experts say about 70% of people need to get the vaccine to control COVID spread. It's not been tested enough. We don't know what's going to happen with it. Later on, it may help you now, but in the future, it can cause more harm to your body if you get it again. It's not, you know, this anti-vaccination, you know, oh, it's the devil. It's like, personally, it's a choice. Some people at the service told us they'd seen Locke on Facebook and liked his message. Donald Trump won the election by a landslide and he will be re-elected as the president of the United States. We wanted to know how widespread his views are. So we drove deeper into Wilson County, where there's a COVID testing site at the fairgrounds. We met Quentin Smith, a cattle farmer who runs the agricultural center there and takes extra care to keep things sanitized during COVID. Y'all will never go to a fairgrounds where anybody's as proud of their bathrooms as I am. Come on, come on in. You know, I'm cautious about running out and doing anything. You know, I think everybody's excited about there being a vaccine, but I think it's going to be kind of everybody waiting around and watching the first responders and the nursing home folks and, you know, if there's any reaction to it. Everything here's completely fine. Let me tell you what my daddy always told me. Son, don't never believe anything you hear and only half what you see. I think it's entirely human to be a little skeptical and a little hesitant. After all, this is a new virus in the human population. This vaccine uses new technology. It's been developed very rapidly, and that makes people cautious. Based on our interviews and recent polling, Pastor Locke represents an outspoken minority. Surveys by the Pew Research Center found that Republicans are less likely than Democrats to see COVID as a major threat to public health but also that there's a growing acceptance of the vaccine nationwide, including among Republicans. 60% of Americans say they'd take it, and nearly half of those who are reluctant say it's possible they'd get it after others do so. Dr. William Schaffner, who's been working on infectious disease at Vanderbilt University since the 60s, says that in order to overcome vaccine hesitancy, public health officials have to build trust. You have to respect people. You have to respect where they're coming from hear what they say, and then try to respond to their concerns. You know, we give shots to cows all the time, and you do get reactions to shots. So, you know, we have give a shot to an animal and it walk out there 20 feet out of the chute and drop dead. Everybody's going to respond differently. After the first responders take it, when it's your turn, will you take the vaccine? I, I probably will go on to take the vaccine. How do you feel about the vaccine? Anything new that has not been proven, I'm not sure I want to be the guinea pig, you know? And I really wish there was time for more testing, but there's not. And we're losing too many people too fast. So we have got to do what we can. I know it's become a political issue at times, but it shouldn't be. This is a, a health issue. The approach to COVID has had substantial political overtones. People have attitudes about this and it will not be easy to change those attitudes. Are you going to tell the members of your congregation not to get the vaccine? Members of my congregation can do what they want to, but they'll watch my videos and know that I'm not getting it. So you expect them to model your behavior? I expect them to use their Bible and use their brain. Ellie Reeve, CNN, Wilson County, Tennessee. So what did you guys think about that?
Think about it. What did you guys think about that? I mean, the guy said, I don't know what a pandemic is because it's not what I've seen and it hasn't happened in my lifetime. What do you think about it? Well, in the end, God wins anyway, right? So we know that. But it also tells you that the media is completely obsolete. They're busy doing hit pieces rather than putting out actual news. They've done a complete disservice to their jobs, to their, I, I would say, the the way the people have tasked them. And uh, <laughs> I'm reading some of your comments and I was reading some of them while it was going, but I really like the guy. I like the way he responded. He handled himself really, really well. And they tried so hard. And just so you know, what you saw was their best. That was their best hit piece they could do. And that hit piece boomeranged for them uh, because it didn't seem like the guy was, you know, I would say out of, you know, the loop. I mean, he's a pastor and he walks in faith, not in sight. And that is something that we need to remember. And that faith lies in your gut. Your gut tells you everything you need to know. Your gut can guide you to where truth is and where truth does not lie. Uh, facts, hard documents, credentials, what you see on social media is not the truth because you can manufacture that kind of truth. You can manufacture anything. You can create a criminal profile for someone. You can create a, uh, you know, like a, what, what is it called? Like, um, you know, a Facebook profile, uh, a Tinder profile, uh, a dating app profile, uh, educational profile. They can even manufacture driver's license records, give you a new identity. I mean, we all know they do. Oh, they just do it for, um, what is it? Witness protection. Yeah, right. If they want to screw you, they could do whatever. And all these years for over a century, they have started to demoralize you because that is how they steer you away from trusting your gut. Your gut is one of the most important things. And I call it the gut because it's the independent brain. I've, I've mentioned that before. Those of you that have not heard me say it before, remember the nervous system is one main nervous system, but there is an independent nervous system that works just for your gut. And I think, and I believe because it is so instantaneous that that's why you get those tingles in your tummy or that weird feeling when something's not right or, you know, the butterflies in your stomach, that is like a primal cue to you to know what is up. And it's all about frequencies because uh, I remember that when I was doing my neuro block in school, uh, I was so fascinated at the fact that the gut had its own independent nervous system uh, that, you know, I was trying to say, well, how does it know how to respond? It's a more parasympathetic, they're sympathetic. It had everything, but it was so fascinating. And if you actually read into the gut, ah, you know how at the beginning of March, before everyone was talking about coronavirus, this China, China virus, right? Before they started talking about that, I had told you about this guy who, um, you know, was studying the relationship between AIDS and malaria and using uh, hydroxychloroquine as a buffer so you don't catch AIDS, right? And stuff like that. And uh, he was from South America and we took a, a one credit union. Um, it was one of the most, it, those, that was one of, I think the most, 
amazing classes I ever took. It was a one credit class and it was uh, people in all from all levels of medicine. So some were residents, uh, some were first year students, some were second year, third year, uh, some were just PhDs. And in that class, the only thing we did, we were giving a case file of a person uh, with all the tests the doctors ran. Uh, you know, obviously, it, it came from the New England Journal of Medicine, which means that if you're in the New England of Journal, Journal of Medicine, you're more than likely dead, right? <laughs> and it was like a shocker. But I took that class with him. And those six months, well, four four months, four, four, it's six months, but you know, with the breaks and all that stuff, that half year that I spent with him, I learned so much of his, um, epidemiology, the statistics that he was using to apply to epidemiology. And it was fascinating. But one thing I was also taking at that time was an immunology course, which was so great because from what he was telling me on how he was looking at the correlation, I was learning about immunology. I realized why people were making the correlation back in the 80s. You know how they used to call HIV the gay man's disease, right? Well, here's the thing. Apparently, uh, obviously, all our immune cells are trained in our gut. Did you know that? They're in our gut. So obviously men, you know, sex between men, you know, gut, right? Let's just leave it there. No more uh, visuals. But the gut is where all your immunities are trained. And uh, it has been located that obviously the people that have diabetes also derive it from some gut issues. Uh, well, th that's a theory. No one's ever going to tell you that because then they lose a lot of money on medicine. But also um, that is where uh, the um, HIV virus is actually trained. And that's where it learns um, to attack your own body. It learns all of your receptors that are necessary for different cells of your body. So this is why HIV is so bad because what it does is it's like, have you ever, if any of you have had an allergic reaction, you know that it's your body fighting itself. Well, that's basically what HIV is. It becomes a virus and it becomes AIDS when it gets triggered. Nobody knows what that trigger is. Uh, uh, nobody knows, but I want you to picture, you know, all of you have seen that, uh, picture of the coronavirus, you know, with the little, you know, red, uh, you know, uh, antennas on top. Okay. Those are all called receptors. I want you to picture HIV looks just like that. It has a bunch of receptors for almost all types of cells. And it is at that point that it starts attacking your body. And this is why your and your and your actual immunity attacks your immunity too. So it hijacks almost everything. And it always happens through the gut. So um again, your gut is not only important giving you like subtle cues, like, you know, like when you were a little kid and you saw that boy and you don't have to be a little kid, you could be grown up or you saw that girl and you got butterflies in your stomach. That was your brain giving you a heads up, yo, this is it. Or, you know, when you're walking into a, a room with people in a meeting and it's like, your stomach is like giving you the weird butterflies and you're like, yeah, so I'm going to do an about face right now and just give an excuse. Um, so your gut is pretty important to you, not only on giving you those cues that we've all tuned out on, but also training your immunity, which is your first defense. So if you think about it in a biological sense and a more um, thoughtful sense too, 
it's it's your first offense. That's it. And through the years, they've demoralized us to not focus on the gut, but focus on hard evidence. And one thing that that we know, though those people that are people of faith, you understand that no matter what you see and what you hear, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Your inner gut tells you what's true. Um, I was having a discussion one of these days with um, someone and I said, you know, whenever I would take on a project, I'd never, ever, ever read, uh, you know, any information on the people involved in the project, their resumes or anything. I would never do that because that totally taints you and you come in uh, with a, um, with already, you know, assumptions, a bias, like you know where you're coming from, right? And so that takes away your ability to come at the information or the people you're meeting at 100%. And it takes away my ability to have uh, the power to discern fact from fiction based on my gut and what I know. And, you know, our gut's not always right. Sometimes, you know, it resonates on other things, but going into a meeting or meeting someone with judgment automatically excludes you from seeing actual truth. And this is what the media is doing in general. They take away that innate right that you have to trust your innate defense, which is your gut. Uh, so this is, this is key for everything, not just the media, but in your life. Um, I learned that from someone uh, quite impressive when I was younger, um, before I, I, I joined the Navy, which said, you know, um, the one quality that you've stuck to is one of the first lessons that I gave, which is to not walk into something biased. It, it, this applies in sciences too. If you walk in there saying, uh, this is the signaling cascade to kick off uh, this, you know, uh, to kick off apoptosis, then you go in there biased and all the other thousands of interactions that are happening in the cell, because they do all simultaneously sometimes, you don't even look at because you're looking at the path rather than the bigger picture. And again, if you think of it like that, right now what we're doing is we're focusing tunnel vision on certain things rather than stepping back on the moon and just looking down without any direct connection to anything. And if you do that, you will see what a storm is brewing. And that brings me to uh, the news that no one's talking about, which is kind of scary. So uh, France is actually um, organizing and have, um, they actually had a meeting of what, it was like a, not a meeting. Um, there was a, say it, an interview um, with BBC, uh, and BBC put it out that um, last week uh, the um, defense minister of France, Florence Barry, uh, said that it's uh, very important that we keep our eyes into the future. Uh, he specifically said that France has immediate plans to implement to implement um, upgrading people with technology to be universal soldiers. Now, uh, 
the Universal Sol- Soldiers, uh, you know, movie, you know, with Jean Claude uh, Van Damme um, and Captain America, that was in part of comics book. This is this is legit part of the article. They they referred it to it, um, or the Master Chief of you know the 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 game Halo. Um, you have to think about that because that is exactly where they're going. Uh, the French armed forces have already begun research, just like the United States did under Obama with the Brain Initiative, um, to create enhanced soldiers. And they've already gotten the green light. So again, I've, I've many, many, many times again and again have said, this technology already exists. If you are learning about it now, it means that it has already been done. I've also inferred certain things in regards to using nanotechnology for certain things and how, you know, Elon Musk might be jealous of me. <laughs> but um, I want to show you this article. It's in a foreign language, so it's not like you're going to um, be able to see it. But it was the most, um, uh, I would say, um, unbiased write-up. And so let me just... So this is uh, this is where they're talking about it um, here. Let's see. Uh, he says that the report that he presented uh, says that the implants will be able to enhance um, critical thinking processes and uh, allow the soldiers to be able to suss out an enemy um, or a, fo- you know, is the person an enemy or a friendly very easily? Kind of like I said, all I need is 72 hours and I can pick out who's good and who's bad. Kind of like that. So, um, they said that they have rigid ethical guidelines that they're going through, um, and that there are specific genetic lines, uh, that are allowed to, have this. So this is the title of it, Universal Soldiers. The French are planning super soldiers. These are the statements of Florence Paris. So this is this is news you need to know. This is stuff that's happening now. And it sounds like sci-fi. But if you remember my interview with Patrick Byrne, he said, what's out in the media now is what we knew 15, 20 days ago. So What's out in the media now that they're telling you is that it's already happened. And there are very specific specific genetic lines that can take. And this isn't, you know, wishy-washy stuff. Uh, Sky News is like um, CNN for the Greeks. So I was very surprised to see an actual article calling it out. I thought that I would give us kind of a little hiatus from our politics to show you what's going around the world. Turkey's under a lot of stress. I mean, we could talk about that. And I think um, this weekend, uh, before the rally, I may, oh, I don't know. I might have a meeting in the morning. Damn it. But definitely Sunday, we'll do like a double feature where we'll talk about uh, global politics because we've kind of, I feel like I've uh, let that go for a bit even though there's so much happening and it's important that we know it, I just want you guys to know that uh, the Chinese are really pushing hard on Russia right now. Uh, The Pakistani Shias on the border of China are pushing hard right now. Uh, there's There's a big pushback. China is ready, and this has never happened before. I've never seen China actually military ready. 
And, and that's what's crazy. And so with uh, France and Germany and all these other European Union nations coming out and, and stating things like enhanced soldiers, enhanced technology for um, their analysts, uh, this is a big deal. So think about it. If the French have these universal soldiers, if the French have these enhanced individuals, and they're telling you this, that they've already entered into that sphere of transhumanism, uh, even Elon Musk told you that, you know, he wants it to a point where you could just upload the information. I've told you, molecular software. This has already been done years ago. This is already, you know, uh, part of a very old uh, project that has happened. And what people don't seem to understand is the vaccines that we've been getting, and I know a lot of you have have started to dig into that because everyone's terrified of this COVID uh, vaccine. Uh, if you actually dig into them, all of them for decades now have been altering your genetic makeup or targeting. This is why we've had an increase after the 70s in um different ailments that have never occurred before. People on the spectrum, uh, uh, you know, um, complete hindrances, um, diseases that we've never seen before, attention deficit disorders. Those all come from uh, amplifying and silencing certain genes. I mean, if anyone was to meet me, I definitely look like I'm on the spectrum when I talk. And, I, and I'm fine with that. I guess I'm on a more high-functioning area of it because I'm actually <laughs> quite prime. I'm like super nerd. So um, I'm like a rain man in some things. And I think that goes back to genetic alterations that do happen uh, among people. Uh, not only the poisoning of the heavy metals that were part of it, um, but uh, actual manipulation of uh, your genes, amplification, reduction, uh, the um, nanotechnology that's there to cause seams, uh, to give um, biomarkers for the next vaccine to come in. So this, these projects, I just want to give you a heads up, have been happening for a very long time. Now in the U.S., those projects began in the 70s and 80s by taking children and molding them. Because one thing people need to understand is, is that when, when they do drug trials, right, children are always the last ones to get approved to be tested on, right, for all medications. That could be um, uh, antibiotics, uh, you know, anti-inflammatories, whatever they may be. They test children last, which is wrong. Because... Um, which is okay. I guess it was, it would be safe because adults aren't as malleable and accepting to foreign agents as children are. Children are very plastic, not only in their brains are plastic. Plasticity means that they can re, uh, shape and form and bounce back. You know how you hear, Oh, when I was young, you know, if I'd fall off the bicycle, I'd be fine in like a minute. But you know, when you're 50 and you fall off, you're just like, shit, I'm in the hospital. I've got a broken hip. <laughs> then I got an ammonia cause they had to pipe me up, you know, all these things, your bodies, when you're an adult are not able to bounce back quicker. Children are and even things that affect their brains, you can chop out a chunk of brain from a child and it can actually regrow. Or the connections that are missing will be uh, reconstructed somewhere else. 
This is fact. This is fact. This is because they're filled with pluripotent cells. They're filled with the ability, biological ability, as they're growing, they're making new cells. They have that ability to autocorrect and fix things. Um, so, so you understand, and I wanted to put that out there because I know the weekend's coming and a lot of people would love to like research something different. That's something you can look into, the universal soldiers. Now, there is stuff there in the United States, I think, uh, in the CIA library that you can find. There's tons of projects that you can look into, uh, how a Navy admiral uh, decided to pilot a project uh, back in the 50s and 60s, and it was actually piloted between 1975 and 1985, where they found specific children that were genetically attuned to the technology they wanted to um, enhance them with. So this is also going on, right, in the background. And I know it's just a little bit of over information overload because we've got a clown show going on in America where we have evident uh, silencing of the voices of the people, evident election fraud, evident war, evident civil war, and they're pushing it. And in the background, we have a hundred other million things that are happening too. So I thought if you wanted to take a break this weekend, you can kind of look into that. I would highly suggest to go to the brain project that Obama funded. And don't just look at the projects that are being done, but actually click on them and open them up. Because I had done a show a while back with that guy Greenwald uh, or Greenberg. I think it was Greenwald, right? Um, who... Um, beat up that student that attacked that student. Was it a, what is it, UCLA or Berkeley randomly? And then he went to court and they sealed it. Well, he was part of one of those brain project projects. And the project that he was part of is to stimulate aggression. And they clearly lay out how they're poking and putting things in people's amygdalas. Like this is $23 trillion worth of your money going to put probes into young people's amygdala. So you have to think to yourself also, what kind of people would actually volunteer and say, sure, scientists, I'd totally love to sit in a chair totally awake while my scalp and skull are removed and you just go fiddle with it to see how you could piss me off. Think. What kind of people do they have in these chairs? Willing? or unwilling, because there's not a lot of people that would volunteer for things like that. I don't care how poor you are, and I don't care how homeless you are. I don't think you would ever volunteer to sit in a chair, you know, where your head is sectioned off. You've seen the movies where they're doing brain surgery and they keep them awake to see if they're touching a center. Yeah. So this is why I've told you from the beginning there's a lot of evil things happening with people that they traffic, but it's not always the perverted, it's not always the perversion, you know, the sex. It's not always the slavery, like clean my house. And it's not always, uh, you know, the sustenance, you know, I mean, why not, right? People do that or the rituals or stuff like that. It's the experimentation. So again, I urge you guys this weekend, if you want to take a break from all these politics, because, you know, the week of the 14th is going to be pretty explosive. Um, if you want to take a break, take a look into that stuff. 
It's all public record. I would urge you to take a look at it because you're funding it. It's your money that's paying for it. And, and Barack Hussein Obama committed $23 trillion to it. So it's um, pretty important um, that you that you see that your money has paid, I don't know, a 14-year-old to have probes in their brain uh, somewhere at UCLA in some no-name laboratory. I think, you know, I don't know how a child or a teenager can volunteer and be signed off for that, um, and that would be ethical. So I'd like you to uh, pay attention to it. It's called The Brain Project. It's, it's on the internet. And I want you to dig and dig and dig because if you dig enough, you'll actually pull out their proposals when they got paid. And then in the proposals, you can click again and see the details of it. So it's pretty sickening. Uh, that things like that are going on. And then we have these idiots running around California. Oh my God, save the walruses or the monkeys that we test lipsticks on. <laughs> but let's forget about the kid that's sitting somewhere right around the corner with probes in their brain so they can figure out how they can stimulate aggression or how they can turn off aggression. Uh, that's totally normal. We should just focus on the makeup and the lipstick. Don't look over there. And and this is, again, part of Operation, uh, you know, gridlock. You're not getting all the information. And another thing is it's hiding in plain sight. So why would anyone look there? If it's there, it wouldn't be nefarious if it was on the internet, right? It wouldn't be real if it was on the internet, right? No one would ever show it, right? <laughs> Again, every single person tells you who they are if you're listening carefully. Every single person tells you what they're about what their motives are, where they're going, how they're going, if you're listening. We have lost the ability to listen carefully and to be paying attention to subtle things that tell us more. I know the Human Brain Project, that's it. The Human Brain Brain Project, that's what it's called. I'll look for the link while I play the next clip. So the next clip that we're going to be uh, looking at is um, my, one of my favorite people, Rick Grinnell who speaks so eloquently and speaks to the people so well. I really can't wait to see him in his new position uh, come 2021 uh, with the new second uh, administration that our president will have. Uh, I'll look for that uh, link while you listen to Rick Grinnell. Uh, pretty much he's going to tell you how far does this go? I mean, how far are they going to take this sh these shenanigans? Again, if it's online, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. But it, because you always have to examine things. Nefarious things don't hide in dark places. They're usually right under your nose and you're not paying attention. That's what's going on. You're not paying attention because you've lost the ability to actually listen. So probably one of the biggest stories of the week, if not the year, is the Chinese spy named Christina Fong infiltrating the office of California Democrat Congressman Eric Swalwell. The two spent years developing a long relationship. The spy picked him off, seeing his potential. He was just a city councilman when she first met him. Then Fong helped him get elected to Congress. You wouldn't know that if you watch other networks or listen to any Democrat speaking because they're pretending the scandal does not exist. Now Swalwell is a member of the House Intelligence Committee. 
Who knows what high-level national security information he might have exposed to the spy. This should concern all of us. It's why I am calling for Swalwell to be removed from the House Intel Committee and Congress, and Republican House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy agrees. But take a listen to Speaker Nancy Pelosi on this national security threat. Well, I don't have any concern about Mr. Swalwell. I do think uh, that it's unfortunate that Mr. McCarthy is trying to make an issue of this. No concerns. And Mr. McCarthy trying to make an issue of this. You've got to be absolutely kidding me. The Russia conspiracy theorist Swalwell possibly exposed our top national security intelligence to China and Pelosi could not care less. Pelosi spent years spewing propaganda that President Trump is an agent of Vladimir Putin. But when proof of a real threat, this one from China, stares Pelosi in the face, she looks the other way. Why? Because it's her fellow Democrats staring back at her. Well, joining us now with more on the threat of national security, information being shared with Chinese spies, former acting director of national intelligence and former ambassador to Germany. Rick Grinnell is with us. Rick, great to have you on the program. Nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Rick, one of the things that scares me about this is this goes all the way back to when he was on a city council seat. I've been doing a lot of reading and research. They're sending hundreds of thousands of Chinese students here. And by no means do I want to say every Chinese student is a spy, but they are putting them in our universities ultimately to go out and get jobs, get into companies, steal trade secrets, become interns in Congress. Am I wrong? No, look, they uh, they have infiltrated academia as well as politics, and, and something needs to be done. Let's also remember that Nancy Pelosi is jumping to defend Eric Swalwell because they're both San Francisco area Democrats. They both are right there, and they have the same political base. Uh, look, she ha was warned that members of Congress, mayors, local officials, and U.S. governors have been targeted by the Chinese. This is extremely deep. This is not the only case. I can assure you there are many members of Congress and Democrat governors and local officials who have been targeted by the Chinese and the Chinese have pushed leverage. It has picked up during COVID because they saw their reputation, the Chinese saw their reputation completely tank because of what the intelligence community made clear that COVID-19 started in China. So we have a crisis on our hands. Certainly, we know Eric Swalwell spent years downplaying the Chinese threat and overhyping the Russian threat. I think there needs to be a full investigation of the Senate Intel Committee and the House Intel Committee. They should go into classified settings and hear the, entire, uh, the entirety of the case, and they should do that immediately. All right, and, and that's from the former acting director of national intelligence. Uh, it's a it's a stunning call, really, Rick, because you think there could be more senators and congressmen on these intelligence co committees that may be compromised. Is that right? Well, first of all, uh, I can assure you that I know for a fact that many have been targeted and have gotten defensive briefings. Now, we should explain what a defensive briefing is. When the intelligence community knows and feels like a politician or an, any individual in America is being targeted and leveraged by a foreign uh, government, then we step in and we brief them on what we know. 
because they don't always know what's happening. But uh, I can assure you that many members of Congress, again, governors, local officials have had these defensive briefings they've picked up over the last year, but they've been going on for a long time. And this is what Nancy Pelosi was blurring when she talked today, where she said, look, we were briefed on this in 2013 or whatever she said. Um, she's missing the point that a warning to senior leadership that the Chinese are leveraging, you know, generically members of Congress is one thing, but to also look at the very specific nature of how we know certain individuals are being targeted or fallen for uh, the Chinese leverage. We also step in on those occasions. And clearly this is what happened with Eric Swalwell. This was a specific yeah. case, not just a generic warning. Look, if, if you're in bed with a Chinese spy, you are in bed with the Chinese government. It is that simple. I would like to add that if you're in bed with a Chinese spy, <laughs> you are part of the fourth unelected branch of government. Well, look, uh, what we do know is that Chinese officials who are used to target uh, U.S. politicians and U.S. personnel are some of the most sophisticated Chinese spies that they have. They have to be able to speak English. They have to be able to know the ways of the United States, but they also have to be uh, very deep into the Chinese communist culture and politics. And so they are utilized at the top level. Uh, I spent eight years at the UN and I can assure you that uh, the Chinese spies are all over the UN. Uh, they infiltrate wherever they can and they're very good and we have to be better. Our US intelligence agencies have to always be one step ahead of all of the other uh, foreign governments that are targeting our people. And I would like to add that, unfortunately, the um, private contractors that did intelligence were better because they trained with all of the uh, the ones that we consider better. Our brick and mortar intelligence, the ones that we can hold accountable, right? When you have your own people that are conducting um uh, intelligence gathering that are brick and mortar, meaning that they're attached to you and not to some company of a company of a company, right? If there are brick and mortar and they're attached to you and you are responsible for their actions means that they have ethical boundaries that they have to adhere to, right? They have to adhere to. And this is why most of the foreign intelligence and the counterintelligence that was done in its own nation was conducted by what Brennan liked to call his secret weapon. Huh. And, and Brennan was just the replacement. Remember, he was the upgrade from what they had before. This is something, what Rick Grinnell is saying is fair. And, and look at the disdain on his face. He's like, this is completely out of control. We have a government that's actually running our government because that government that's running our government, this unelected, fourth unelected branch of government that believes they know better, right, have decided to take matters into their own hands because you're too stupid to know what's good for you. And the people that you elect are too stupid to know what's good for you. They're just not playing the game like it should be, which is ultimate control and centralization of powers. And this is going to be coming soon. This is, in fact, the shadow government. 
people that work in the shadows. It is very important that people watch Shadowgate. That tells you a lot. There's people that skirt the orbits, people that are the orbits. Okay. And this is it. The SES services that we have within our brick and mortar agencies, you would assume are straight shooters, but they are simply, simply the pawns used for that fourth unelected branch of government. This is it. This is the, the whole enchilada. And people like me don't exist. They don't. <laughs> if they do, it's terrifying, isn't it? It's very terrifying. You know, I've said it. Hey, I was listening to their conversations. I could tell you what they were talking about. I could tell you what happened in March and in April with Rudy Giuliani that set off phone calls with Schiff and people and the State Department and Yovanovitch and Bill. T I heard everything, everything they planned. I heard everything they organized. I heard. How did I do that? I had a username and password to a company and it was fair use. I've said that I didn't commit any crime. I mean, the crime was committed by the company, but then in order to say that the crime was committed, the company has to be brought into the conversation. Nobody wants to do that because that's a hot mess. That goes to show that, you know, DC and every agency is pretty much a clown show because there's other people pulling the strings. Now everybody says it and they know that it's true. That every single president we've had there is simply a puppet. This is the first time there's a president, a captain in that chair that doesn't take orders, but gives orders. And his orders that he gives are reflecting what the people want. This is something that they cannot stand. They cannot stand. And the fact that he was entering that office with the people's general, that really tipped the scales. He was the only general over two decades that I observed, General Flynn, to have had morals and standards on how the nation presents itself and acts. He had morals. He cared about his soldiers. He cared about the nation. They could not let that happen. That's the way it is. They could not let that happen. And so the minute he was elected, because they unfortunately were hindered from being able to deploy scripts into the machines during the 2016 election, he won. They were so enraged that they couldn't deploy it, that they got caught in Georgia in their election machines. Kemp, who was secretary of state at that time, told the world, Russians hacked our elections. And it turned out it wasn't Russians. It was DHS. It was our own government. And they claimed that they were looking for Russians. No one should be in our election machines. I don't care if they're DHS. I don't care if it's the president himself. Nobody should be in there. They got caught. All that work, they got caught, and here we are in 2020 walking right into their trap. Or are we making them think we're walking right into the trap? That's the key question here. Do they think we're walking into their trap that they laid for us, yet we already have the Trump card? Biggest Trump ever, too, just so you know. Now, I had spent a lot of time talking about all these governors. I wrote an article with one governor that we know 
his his state is red for China, not red for Republican. And again, people are like, why North Dakota? Damn, just look at the flags. If you pay, have you ever seen the flag of the state of North Dakota? I want you to just look at the flag. Everything is right. Everything you need, you have. If you look at all the states, North Dakota's flag sticks out like a damn sore thumb. You need to look at it and then you'll understand why it's the proving ground for everything they deploy. You'll understand. I mean, that was an epiphany, I would say, that when I saw it years ago, I was just like, damn, they don't hide it. They hide in plain sight. It's like if you're hiding behind the curtain, someone's looking for your shoes. But if you're standing right there in the middle of the room, they might not see you. And that's the way it is. You have to see what that did that state also nominated itself. Get this the center of North America. I kid you not. You should pay attention and look into these details. Very important. So, again, let's circle back to the whole statement that Grinnell made about the Chinese. And I want you to understand the Chinese. And the fourth unelected branch of government go hand in hand. The fact that he um, made that statement about the UN is huge. Because it is something very, very important that people overlook and do not pay attention to. Remember, the crown hates us. We were rebels. We gave him the big finger and said, no more. You know, we came over here. You thought you were dilly-dallying. You threw money like crazy to governors of the colonies. And then they shafted you and said, you know what? No. And you remember that when we had this revolution, it was a 50-50 go. There were Benedict Arnolds, right? A legit Benedict Arnold, right? That's how the term came. There were so many people that were fighting for free against a free America. What makes you think in 2020 that that's not happening? And now, if we want to talk about the roots of China and how they penetrate, I'll tell you what. There is not one business, not one business, that can do business in China without the Chinese government saying so. You have to meet with members of the CCP and you have to coax them, you have to bribe them, you have to kiss their tush if you have to and their feet, you have to entertain them, you've got to get them hookers, you've got to get them whatever they want, and then, and you have to give them blackmail on yourself so that they allow you to run operations. So if you want to know how far deep in bed the CCP is, all you have to look is at major businesses. I mean, you watch Shark Tank, don't you? What is the first thing all the sharks say? Well, we can manufacture it cheaper in China. Have you ever thought of doing it in China? Right? Little things that go amiss in, you know, the whole scenario. There's little cues that we have been deconditioned to see. And that's because we walk in sight and not in faith when we should be walking in faith and not in sight. And when I say faith, it is that inner voice, that gut feeling. That is where your faith lies. That is where your innate 
spidey senses are, right? So this face that you're watching, it says it all to you. Well, I'll tell you, my biggest concern when you lay that out, Rick, is the fact that we have a possibility of a new administration that is not going to be tough on China. You want to talk about we have to be better? I do not think a Biden administration is going to have the United States being better than what Donald Trump has done to push back against China. Rick Grinnell, I so appreciate you coming on. It's always great to see you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Honestly, I can't wait till he takes his next position. So, um, Fartwell um, actually answered and talked about, uh, addressed the Chinese aggression. Uh, this is a, a clip from uh, OAN where Representative Russ Fulcher, who's the congressman serving Idaho, discusses the allegations on Eric Swalwell. First of all, honeypot for Eric, that's super easy. Has a pulse, you know, doesn't get repulsed. Super simple. Remember him with his cringy ads in the barbershop or hairdressers? That was so weird. That was so <laughs> bizarre and weird. It's like the honeypot must have been like, yeah, you're going to have to pay me a lot because it's going to take a lot of chlorine infusions <laughs> to fix this. But anyway, take a listen to this report. Down the issue and how Congress can respond is Representative Russ Fulcher, who probably serves the first district of Idaho. So, Congressman, we were just breaking down the Axios report about Representative Eric Swalwell. Do you have any concerns about him currently serving on the House Intelligence Committee? You know, I really do. China is our enemy, and they are real. They have got an economy that's arguably as large as ours. They have a military that's arguably as large as ours. And what just happened with the Smallwell situation is kind of a wake-up call that this is just how in-depth the Chinese will go to try to infiltrate American influence. So this is very troubling, number one, because he's a member of the United States Congress, Number two, because he serves on the intelligence community, has tremendous access to information. Yeah, and I think that's very well put because, for example, he's not the first individual. It wasn't too long ago where we were talking about Dianne Feinstein, who had a driver on her staff who was also a Chinese spy. But we've also heard this taking place at uh, our academic institutions across the country, our financial institutions across the country. Earlier this week, there was a videotape of a very wealthy Chinese uh, individual who was saying that they have some people in the highest places of power here in the U.S. How can we address these concerns in a very tangible way? Well, first of all, the, the university issue is a, is a serious one. I've had concerns about this for a long time. We run the risk every time we import our uh, students from other countries that we're actually training our adversaries. They'll go to some of these elite universities, they'll get specific training, and oftentimes they will use that against us later on in life. And so that's the first concern. The second one is it takes a seat away from an American student or an otherwise a proper student that would not be a threat. So we need to put that through a, a very strict magnifying glass. Anyone applying to these universities needs to have a, a strict protocol they need to be subject to before they can be admitted. And Congressman, you're a brave man for saying that because over the past four years, it seems like whenever someone brings up allegations against China, they were said that they were deflecting away from Russia, something like that. And don't get me wrong. I, I mean, Russia does have an at times adversarial relationship with U.S. interests, but 
nothing compared to what China's been doing for the past couple of decades, whether it be on the trade front, the coronavirus front, human rights abuses. I mean, is the United States not taking this threat seriously enough or has it not been over the past couple of years? Okay, so before he answers the question, two things. For those of you listening, the guy talking, um, I like his hair and his glasses, and he's super young, and he totally looks like someone that you could totally have a lot of beers with and talk politics. Um, I just wanted to say that because I've never seen his face. He may be well-known. I don't know his name. I'm going to make it, uh, you know, one of my, um, you know, things. Oh, yeah, it's... um, Alex, right? His name? Because it's right up there, I think. Maybe. Uh, (laughs) I don't know who his name is, what his name is, but I like him. He's very well-spoken. So great job, OAN. Totally like this guy. And I like his pick on glasses. Now, second, he's talking about students. Now, let's let's, let's just just sit down for a second on this one. So he's talking about, uh, oh, Alex Salva. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah, baby face. That's right. Salvi? Okay. Thank you, guys. Love the messages because I'm learning too. So I really like him because uh, he's well-spoken and his question is pretty pretty well put together and I'm pretty sure they're pre-done or whatever. But what the representative said was is that we bring these foreigners into our country and we train them at the best institutions. Now, I want you to think about this. I've been to school and I know a lot of you have been to school. So tell me, what is it that these Chinese are being trained on that would be weaponized against us, aside from learning about our research and our technology and getting into NIH grants and understanding how IRBs are done and how we, you know, do things. There's nothing really there. So there's something more there that's not being stated. Kind of like, if you remember, with my old account, which has been banned, that had some really good nuggets in it over the years, um, you know, Harvard was a very key player, big key player in the IA deployment in Ethiopia, where Dr. Tedros was the health minister via Epstein. So you have to remember that these elite institutions, aside from the brick and mortar, oh, we're replacing, we're putting Chinese people in those places and not American students, stop. We should allow foreigners to have the opportunity to come. I'm all for it. But he's not, either he doesn't know or he doesn't want to say. I'm pretty sure he knows and he doesn't want to say. But you have to remember that it was Harvard professors that were thumping Epstein, Harvard professors that were pushing this new AI, Harvard professors that were partying on Epstein's island, Harvard professors that were chilling with CNN and the New York Times in Harvard with Jeffrey Epstein, and it's at Harvard that Jeffrey Epstein had his own laboratory that he funded. So I want you to think past what they're saying. It's not like your regular, oh, I'm on this guy's research team. Yeah, that's a big deal, especially if the research project they're working on is highly confidential and has DOD or SOCOM or some other you know, uh, type agency. I'm just throwing out a few that are pretty much cycled around. They get NIH money and federal taxpayer dollars uh, to, to focus on. That, that's one little facet. That's not, that's not the big enchilada. You need to step back and look at all these professors that were involved in very nefarious things. Remember, we have Harvard, we had Harvard professors testifying for sh- they didn't see 
for the impeachment of the president. Remember that? And it was like, how are you testifying something you did? And it was like that broken telephone. Well, I heard from my fifth cousin that has a dog that walks a dog and has a pet sitter that this, 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 that President Trump totally did that. You know, that's what it sounded like. And we had Harvard professors and other university professors come and testify against the president who they've never had a conversation with as if they know what the fuck they're talking about. And you know, what a shit show. But I want you guys to pay attention to that. They're telling you something that they're not telling you. So you take a step back with everything else that you've known. Remember, uh, Harvard got and MIT got really upset when I started tweeting pictures of all their Harvard professors in Epstein's jet. Where'd you get that from, Tori? Nunya sources and methods. Okay. So when I was tweeting all that stuff out, um, they were really upset and I was actually, I think I, I think I was blocked from not Harvard from some other handle of Harvard's because I was like, Hey, this professor da, 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 and some of them got fired after those because there were pictures of them in the Lolita express. So you have to think, are they all perverts? Yeah, sure. They could be perverts, but that's not what they're going down for. What is it that they were actually doing? The perversion part and the immoral and the satanic and the disgusting things are a byproduct of their power. What was it that gave them the power? What were they doing? What is it that the CCP is learning? I do not think so. Russia is nothing compared to China. Their GDP is roughly that the size of the state of Texas. Wait a minute. What? Didn't we say this like years ago? I'm just saying. Russia's not a threat. China's the threat. Russia's not a threat. China's the threat. Russia's not a threat. It's not China, the Chinese. It's the CCP. That's the threat. I'm glad. Welcome aboard four years late. China, on the other hand, has an economy as large as ours, and they are bent on destructing the U.S. They want to get rid of the American currency. They want to get rid of our way of life. And we have a, an extra problem there because so many of our companies, our technology companies reside there now. And so this is a very serious issue for America. And and uh, Russia is nothing compared to China. Our threat is China. It is not Russia. And even when you look at the pandemic within itself, I mean, we know where it came from. We know that it originated in China. We know that China covered up the information at the very beginning days that could have saved the lives of hundreds of thousands of people all across the world. But to your point, the United States was in a situation where perhaps it was playing from behind because a lot of the manufacturing for masks, for example, or PPE was done in China. So there's still accountability to China when we're talking about this issue as well. But for the time being right now, there is an emphasis on coronavirus relief. Do you support additional relief or do you think that there's other factors we should be weighing first? Well, first of all, every time the American Congress votes on or approves another spending bill, we're sending that bill. We're sending an invoice to our grandkids because no one in this listening audience is likely to be alive when that bill has to get paid off. We are that far in debt. So we've got to keep that in mind. Anything that we spend, anything that we do needs to be directly correlated to to uh, resolving some of the problems directly due to COVID. The PPP extension plan, that might be something worth looking at because the government mandated that some companies shut down and that's that's not right. 
But these blue, these blue state bailouts and things like that is completely improper. I don't think it's fair for constituents in my state or across the country to pay for the bad policies that New York or California or some of those states are putting into place. So we've got to be very careful about any further stimulus support. And I think that you bring up a good point, too, and it's the idea that, for example, when California closes down businesses, they're also cutting off a revenue source that is coming back to them as well. And to just, for example, give out stimulus checks to a lot of people while keeping those small businesses down, that doesn't help them. That money ends up going to Amazon, Walmart, the places that are deemed to be essential that are staying open throughout this entire time. I think you bring up several interesting points. But Representative Russ Fulcher, I can't thank you enough for coming on the program tonight, breaking down the issue of China and also the coronavirus relief. Thank you. That was a very structured interview from this guy named Alex. It's like super structured, but he's easy on the eyes, right? Um, in the way he speaks, I like his diction. I'm I'm a big fan of diction. Um, I'm more of a a listener than a watcher. Um, so what they're what they're what he said here with the relief bill is that you know we're going to have to pay this. Well, our grandkids are going to have to pay this, and our great grandkids when it comes to the table. So the bailouts that the president was reluctant to give are still being pushed by the Democrats in order to cover deficits. So that way they don't get in trouble. Rico's in full force, so they can't stop what's coming. It, they can't. It's finished. It's over. It's done. They're toast. They should just deal with it. And I really wish they did uh, because <laughs> I really wish they sat and said, you know what, we're done. We've been made and it's over and we can't fix. I really wish they would, but, th but they're totally not. They just, they're adamant that they're going to get away with it. And that is what demoralizes you because you believe it. Now, before um, I finish today's show, I wanted to share with you something hilarious that um, I saw where they, um, it's in German, but I think the video isn't, English, but this is so hilarious. Um, Coca-Cola live on TV tested positive for COVID. I want you to watch this for a sec. Let me just make it bigger and let you watch the video. And those of you that are listening on iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, ban me, so not them anymore. <laughs> um, and other podcasts, uh, Google podcasts, Amazon podcasts, I'll um I'll just tell you that there's a guy he's testing Coca-Cola and it's coming out positive uh, for coronavirus. Just take a watch. Ich werde jetzt hier live in während meiner Wortmeldung einen Corona-Test durchführen, sehr geehrte Damen und Herren, damit Sie sehen, wie wertlos und fehlgeleitet diese Massentestungen sind. Ich habe hier mitgebracht einen German. Test direkt aus einem Ministerium mit dem auch die Maskentests in einem Ministerium durchgeführt werden und, seine Damen und Herren, den Patienten unter Anführungszeichen handelsübliche Cola. Und ich darf jetzt den Test insofern durchführen, dass ich dieses Cola nehme und auf den Massentest, den Sie auch verwenden, auftrage. <lacht> Ja. <laughs> 
Seine Damen und Herren, ja, das ist ein Blödsinn, dieser Test, den Sie mit Steuergeld angekauft haben, mit mehr Steuergeld als nötig gewesen wäre, um die Hackerpension aufrechtzuerhalten. Und wie wertlos dieser Test ist, den werden wir am Ende meiner Rede sehen, wenn das Ergebnis vorliegt, sehr geehrte Damen und Herren. Sie sprechen vor Blödsinn, bezahlen tut das die Bevölkerung. Sehr geehrte Damen und Herren, mittlerweile liegt auch das Testergebnis Ihrer Steuergeldverschwendung vor. Und ich darf sagen, Herr Präsident, wir dürften jetzt ein Problem haben, weil wir haben einen positiven Corona-Test im Parlament. Äh, nämlich dieses, Co dieses Cola hat einen positiven Corona-Test ausgelöst. Ich weiß jetzt nicht, äh, wie Sie damit umgehen. Aber sehr geehrte Damen und Herren. So, this is in Austria. It was just the dialect that threw me off for a second. Um, you know, he tested, he tested Coca-Cola right there in front of them and it tested positive for COVID. This is like, it's totally insane. Let me share the link of the tweet um, for you guys. It's, it's, it's pure insanity, if you think about it. Because it's like, what the, how is this even happening? It's like the pawpaw. Like the, 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 the Africans that totally had the right spiel. So I just um, dropped that link uh, to, the, to, the, <laughs> to the tweet. It's super insane. You know what else is insane? All right. So remember how I tweeted out about Cardi B? being woman of the year for billboard, right? The fact that, you know, oh, you can't listen to baby. It's cold outside. Nope. But you can listen to wet ass beep. So you can whap because that's not demeaning to women, but you can't listen to baby. It's cold outside. And woman of the year is a woman that punctured her anus with nails. Well, not only that, now we have, um, Time Magazine totally screwing up definitions again. I didn't know a person was persons, right? Persons. So now person with an N, no S at the end of the year is Joe Biden and Kamala. Apparently they've been merged and they're one person, one person. So a person is two people now. So now we can identify as multiple people too. And this tells you the state of your nation. When Time Magazine can't even put an S, persons of the year, it's they're just one in the same, person of the year. So this is just how insane everything is. So now person of the year is Joe Biden and Kamala. So person is two people, three people. We can identify as a person. So, you know, whatever. So Time Magazine, who has been writing shit for a long time, fucked up and left an S off the cover maybe? Or are they just trying to condition us to make two people as one, making your counterpart you too, which is so bizarre. So this is Joe Ho. Joe Ho, the person is called Joe Ho and their person of the year. And are you insane? So we've got a guy that sold the nation out He's a creep that sniffs kids, right? We've got Kamala Harris, who has no business being anywhere in public office. Like, she shouldn't even see a picture of a seat in public office because she doesn't deserve it. So Joe Ho is now person of the year, along with Cardi B, who punctured her anus with nails. This is what America is about. This is who represents us. This is who's selected to represent us. It, we're being punked. Nope. 
We're being demoralized. Again, I pointed out to you, this is called demoralization. So Joe Ho is now a person, not persons, right? And they're people of the year because Time Magazine said so. I mean, they also said Hitler was too, right? I'm just saying. So, you know, they've been really good on picking those people in the past too. But look at, look at what's going on here. You're being punked on all sides. You have them uh, forcing you to wear masks, yet nobody's really dying. They're telling you, look at the number, 2,000 people dead today. And it's like, shit, on average, 7,000 people die a day in America. Why is nobody talking about how COVID has cured the flu? Nope, not going to go there, not going to go there, not going to go there. So we have that, the pan, the pandemic, demic the infodemic, like I said, and someone had sent me either an email or a text that I saw. It's just been so blurred that someone actually coined my term infodemic that I coined in March where I said, this is not a pandemic. This is not, you know, any, it's an infodemic 2020. If identified is an infodemic, everything you're hearing is bullshit or it's a little bit of truth with a lot of bullshit in it. And all they want to do is demoralize you. They're showing you their power. They're flexing their muscles. They're telling you no matter how loud you get, we will cut your tongue out. No matter what you say, we will win anyway. Look at us. We're pulling suitcases out of tables and we're feeding ballots. Doesn't matter. You're not going to do anything about it. Look at Hillary Clinton. She's still around. Look at John Brennan. Even though he was sweating, he's on TV. Look at this person. He's totally relaxed. By the way, where's James Comey? Hmm? Anybody see Jim flying around anywhere? Because I could tell you I've got a lot of Pierre Delectos all up in my account. So while there's a bunch, tons of great people working hard to make sure that the result of this show has the best finale possible. They're demoralizing you. So if in any chance there is a possibility of failure, and I can tell you the failure is only at 2% right now, so there's they can't do crap to revamp. There's got to be something really crazy, like maybe killing one of these less than 10 but more than 5 people that are integral to this. And even if they did, everybody else is so clued up. Like there's thousands of patriots right now working on information that's being given to them, but they're demoralizing you. So when the time comes that you rise up, you're just like, yeah, so I want to live or yeah, so I'm not good with MREs. They're really hard on my tummy or um, I kind of like my luxuries. This is why they're demoralizing you. Look, this is why they're flexing at you. This is why they're intimidating you. This is why they're being so brazen and not caring. Because when you see someone so brazen, you're like, fuck, they could get away with everything. What's the point? This is demoralization. Look, look who they're telling you is person of the year. It's two people. So now time can't even fucking spell on their cover and put an S. Or are they trying to say something? Hmm? Cardi B, woman of the year. Shut up. She punctured her ass with her nails. Are we kidding? Her anus. She had to go to the hospital because she punctured her anus and she's woman of the year. 
She was divorcing her husband, but then she's posting videos of her and him in bed. I mean, it's just, just driving me insane. I follow her on Instagram, okay? I like some of that crass stuff because it gives that little trolley sense of mine in there. But think about it. They are demoralizing you. So again, what have I been saying for months? Trust your gut. Do not listen to anyone but the president. He tells you everything you need to know. Kind of like that clip on October 20th. He's like, Barr needs to appoint someone. He already did the day before. He tells you what you need to know. And I am so glad he's in the captain's chair because even though the people that are surrounding him and helping him aren't really sure that he's got control of the ship, he's totally got it. He's got it on freaking autopilot. So much that if he was driving a ship, he would be driving it with his big toe with a big fat cigar in his mouth while he's tweeting. Picture that. That's how much in control he is. So I know there's a lot of people that I work with and that I uh, interact with that are kind of like, I don't know. I feel like, uh, mm, mm. nah, man. He's in that captain's chair, steering the ship with his big toe. He's totally relaxed. Big fat cigar. He doesn't smoke. I'm just saying. I'm giving you a visual. Picture him in his Trump robe right? <clears throat> with a big fat cigar, tweeting away totally relax. It's smooth sailing. And I know that you're watching a war and you have to see the war, but we got this. I want you to, I want you to know that we got this. I'm a hundred percent sure that we got, I mean, the math says we got this. So we definitely got this, right? So when you feel like, you know, oh, look at them, they're getting away with this. Oh, do something. Huh? You strike when you look weakest. That's how it goes. So in this sense, what we're seeing and what we're visualizing is being done to mend our eagle's broken wings because that's what we have. Our nation's eagle, which represents us, has been crippled for a while. It's been demoralized. You've been demoralized and it's time for this eagle to spread its wings and fly and fly again and soar as high as it wanted to from day one when this nation was so, so amazingly created with a vision of a unity with so many people from so many walks of life. I mean, it's just one of the most incredible creations I believe, of a civilization, you know, in history. Uh, so tolerant and so accepting and so inviting to diversity because that's how we propel to make our lives easier and grow as humans. Remember, it was only a short time ago that it was okay that we hang people in, in the square and eat popcorn. It's no longer okay, right? So we've evolved as people very, very quickly because we came together under one common cause, which was to soar freely in the skies of this world and not answer to anyone but ourselves and our moral compass. And now that that moral compass is gone, a lot has happened, but we've got the best captain in that chair for the chaos that's coming up. And um, on that note, I'm going to wish you guys a wonderful evening. God bless. And for those of you coming down tomorrow, I'll be checking the Telegram chat. 
um, to see, and maybe we can coordinate. I don't know if I'm going to be down at the rally, to be honest with you, because I might have work to do and I might be somewhere working. But uh, if I am, we're definitely hooking up. Um, God bless everyone. Have a wonderful weekend. I will see you. I'll try Saturday. I doubt it, but definitely Sunday. See you on the other side. Understand why we can't just hold on to each other's hand. This time might be the last fear, unless I make it all too clear. I need you so. Learn to fly, learn to live in 